Hi, everybody. You are listening to Otherland Dreams. I am Lady Stars and Fire. I'm here with Hell Hippie. And why do I have the history of corn pulled up on my computer? What the hell? Because we're talking about llamas. What's that got to do with corn? A lot. No. Grain. Corn is kind of a grain, but it's kind of a fruit at the same time. A seed. Okay. <laughs> I know better than to fight you on these things. You'll be like, oh, <laughs> looking it up and coming back and be like, no, let me just explain to you. Da, 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 da. <laughs> oh, corn smut. That's why I had this image pulled up. <coughs> okay. I'm good. I was like, I, d- I don't know, honey. I don't know. Corn smut. It's a uh, hallucinogenic fungi that uh, attacks corn. I don't feel like I can hear. And I think I, unless I've got the wrong one. Try again? Yeah, I guess I had the wrong one. Well, da, da, da. Is that good? <laughs> yeah, I can hear now. All right. I was like, is something not working? Because I couldn't hear. You could also try getting closer to the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> he says it with the sweetest little look on his eyes. Like I whispered you know. so you could see how effective it is. <laughs> Put your mouth closer to the big black thing. <laughs> Phrasing, Phrasing. <laughs> intentional. And I was laughing because, look, I was like, "Can't move." <laughs> um, there's a phrase for what you just did, or a term, and I can't think of it off the top of my head. And I'm kind of glad I can't. So, moving forward, welcome to the uh, episode for, on Lamas or. Uh, Lunasa, as it is pronounced in the uh, old Gaelic. There's a no, no, that that's a god. Never mind. Let me shut up. Lou. Yeah, well, he has like two different names, or it's spelled two different ways. When we get there, and I was, I was, because I was looking at it more like lug, and I was like L U G H. It's Lou. Okay, because I was like, and then the other was just L U G is the way my information was pulling it up and i was like this just doesn't sound right but you know anyway sorry i was taking a sip of my drink oh you're talking about uh sam illnut uh ildenuk okay is that was the, still not the name i was given is, but okay <laughs> that is the very old way he was pronounced in uh, gaelic or referenced in gaelic meaning he who was skilled in many arts simultaneously. Yeah, I have the Master of Skills. Sam Ildenok. Okay, because, like I said, the one I was looking it up didn't go that deep. Sorry, just didn't. Okay. (laughs) It didn't go that deep, huh? (laughs) You poor, poor lady. Not everybody can get what they want. (laughs) 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 All right. Uh, Lamas is a harvest holiday. 
which is celebrated on August 1st. Sometimes it's also seen as August 2nd in the Northern Hemisphere. And February 1st or February 2nd in the Southern South. Southern. Thank you. It would not come out. Hemisphere. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Back at you. <laughs> All right. It is a holiday which is celebrated by people in a number of different English-speaking countries, which include uh, Ireland, England, Ireland, England, England, Ireland. I was trying to put them together into one. <laughs> Scotland and the United States. I was waiting for some smart ass cocky comment after that. Depending on where depending on where the day they celebrated it, Christian holiday or it being a pagan holiday. Either way, it was considered a harvest holiday. And that's where we were talking about Lou. Lou. Lou, the master of the skills was of Sam skills. Ildenok. Was another idea for it. Yeah, did you know that uh, Lammas is actually the uh, Christianized pronunciation for the holiday off of the uh, the old Gaelic Ildenok? No. Mm-hmm. I did not. No. What? I'm getting my pronunciations uh, back and forth. Uh, I'm sorry, not Ildenok. Uh, uh, Lunasa. Lunasa is the old Gaelic uh, name for the holiday or the festival, and Lamas is the actual Christianized version of the name, meaning loaf or loaf mass. Yes, I have that somewhere in here, but I hadn't. I don't think that they were used the same terms to explain it. Like gone as far as to say the the what it celebrated was the same. Mm -hmm. I don't think they went in anyway. <laughs> and, okay, it is the. The way we're looking at it, so that you know that it's Lamas, more or less, is it is high in summer and the union of the sun and the earth, or the god and the goddess, has produced its first harvest. That would be when you are considering it to be Lamas. Halfway between the summer solstice and the autumn equinox. Well, then they have the other celebrations, which is, you know, Melbourne would be the next one, Mayborn with the uh, next one and the autumn equinox. Equinox. I cannot talk today. Anyway, and this then the one after that. I, I can't talk ever. We know this, but I try to blame it to today. <laughs> and so, in other words, just SSDD, same shit, different day. Yeah. One uh, no, one day I'm not gonna get my tongue right either. <laughs> okay, but I mean it's considered one of the first three holidays dealing with harvest. One of the first three harvests, uh, the first of the three harvest festivals, correct? Yes, and the last one being Samhain, when it is of nuts and berries. <laughs> I was waiting just to see if you could let that go or not. <laughs> I didn't say a word. <laughs> okay, but so yes, this one is about um, celebrating the first harvest. It is derived, as Hilhippi had said, from the loaf mass. No, it's the that is the Christianized translation. The lamb mass is is derived from the loaf mass, is what it says right there. <laughs> I don't care what that says. <laughs> Verified from three different sources, Lamas is translated to loaf mass. And here, let me pull up one of those sources. 
Uh, see. I love him for this. I get a kick out of it. He gets so worked up. <laughs> Taken from a clerk of Oxford.blogspot.com. Today, Lammas, the earliest Anglo-Saxon harvest festival of the year, its name comes from Old English, H-L-A-F, Elf, Loaf, and Mass, M-A-E combined. I don't know what the name of that particular character is. S-S-E, or Mass, as it may have been, uh, and it may have been a day when loaves of bread made from the first corn were blessed. Much from the origins of Lammas is observed, but it's a festival with a long and interesting and somewhat unusual history. I love you, dear. <laughs> I just love that you get so excited. You're like, nope, let me explain it all, and I'm going to get right to the tea. That, that's who you are, and that I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect anything different from you. <laughs> I was going to say, have we met? Yes, I know. That's what I'm saying. I, I like that. Anyway, it's like summer when you're putting me in my place. <laughs> Which is often. <laughs> but anyway, okay. And then there, like I said, I'm going down the list of, of what I had looked up and shit. Um, you looked up shit? No, I was trying to remember so that I could tell you the website that I got it from, but I actually have to pull it off of my phone to tell you where that was because I didn't copy that. So that I could go back and actually give you the proper information. Uh, it is highly believed that Lamas or uh, Lunasa is a a wheat-based or grain-based holiday. Grain has held a place of importance in civilization back early into the beginnings of time. Grain became, uh, became, grain became associated with the cycle of death and rebirth. The Sumerian god Tumuz was slain and his lover Ishtar grieved so heartily that nature stopped producing. Ishtar mourned Tumaz and followed him to the underworld to bring him back, similar to the story of Demeter, uh, Demeter and Persephone. In Greek legend, the grain god was Adonis. Two goddesses, Aphrodite and Persephone, battled for his love. To end the fighting, Zeus ordered Adonis to spend six months with Persephone in the underworld and the rest with Aphrodite. See, and I looked that one up and I specifically left that out because I knew you were going to go after that one. That's what I do. Yes. That's I do. I love you too, there. Okay. Well, the one that I was saying is where I pulled my information up so you could go back and look it up if you wish wish to, is um, from the Goddess the goddess and the Green Man website. Oh, you mean the one I got pulled up right here? Oh, hell yeah. When did you pull that up? That was not there a minute ago. See each one of these things at the, at the top? <laughs> They're called tabs. They're different sites that I can access information from also including one from my, <laughs> that I've wrote, uh, written myself. Well, that's what I was looking at. And then I looked over and you switched to the website I was talking about. And I'm like, well, damn. See, we got these things called computers that can do a, an operation called multitasking. I am not computer happy. I don't like computers. They don't like me. I have a friend who's rebuilding my website because I said that if I had to rebuild it, someone would die. <laughs> <laughs> I am not that kind of person. That would be hell heavy. Meet him. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just, I have a lot of trouble with computers. I have trouble with, uh, with anything that's electronic in general. So I was never big on that. And you die laughing if you know what poor Hill Hippie has to go through every week so that he has it on the computer for me. 
and take pictures of everything and send it to him and tell him, this is what you'll put up for me so that I know what I'm talking about because I'm not going to tabs and computers and blah, 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 blah. I'm just difficult and I'm old. <laughs> All right. With that being said, though, I mean, I was looking that one up originally but I had a feeling that you were going to go with that. So I was like, I'm just going to leave that part out because I knew you'd go there. And and that was part of why. And then I was going to move into, how you pronounce this again? Lou? Lou. Lou. Okay. Yeah, the G is silent. See, like I said, I'm bad with English and every other language. <laughs> My slight forte into uh, <laughs> learning the Gaelic pronunciations is coming in handy. No, and you're very good at the different stuff that you do. It's just not my forte. And thank God that you do because I don't have a clue what I'm talking about when it comes to it. I'm not going to deny it. Anyway, it is also a great festival of Lou or, see, that's what I was saying, or Lug. Isn't that Lug? Lug. That's the way. <laughs> Never mind, I'm done talking to you. <laughs> the great Celtic sun king and god of light. <laughs> August... Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? Go, go look it up. You have it right there so that you can go back oh. and yell at them. <laughs> I just closed that tab. Hang on, let me pull that back open. <laughs> this one is part of my own notes from verified from multiple sources. Again. Don't you love when we do holidays? We fight the whole time. <laughs> what do you mean just holidays? It's the it's every episode. Yes, but we fight about things we really can't. I mean, at least at least on every episode, we have our own opinions. This is everything else that we look up and we fight about that was before our time. But the Celtic sun <laughs> king and god of light. Okay, I'm going to pull from your information here real quick. August is a sacred month. When he initiated great fest uh, festivities in honor of his mother, Talidi, what? That's not Celtic at all. Feasting, market fairs, games, and bonfire celebrations were the order of the day. Circle dancing, reflecting the movement of the sun, and sympathetic magic was popular as were, but not necessary. I've already seen enough. Okay. He just threw all my info out. So listen to hell of me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm, I'm going to pull. Uh, this is the information I uh, wrote down for this one. Uh, pulling from, like I said, multiple sources and making uh, references across, uh, across a couple of different cultures. Uh, similar to the Roman god Mercury, Lou was known as the god of both skill and distribution of talents. There are uh, countless inscriptions and statues depicted to Lou, with Julius Caesar himself commented on the god's importance to the Celtic people. Although he was not a war god in the same sense as the Roman Mars, Lou was considered a warrior because of the Celts. Skilled in the battlefield was a highly valued ability. In Ireland, which was never invaded by the Roman troops, <clears throat> Lou was called Sam Ildenach, meaning he was skilled in many arts simultaneously. He was, he was the god of the, uh, similar to the god of the forge, Mercury. He was not the king god, or at least from every aspect of him that I've ever researched. If there's, if that is part of the aspects of the way people worship him, 
I have not seen it. I'm not trying to say I am 100% right. That's oh, I just, don't know. <laughs> that's just, <laughs> that's what my research pointed me at. No, and, well, and that's why I, when you said when you read it first, I let, I just let you go with that because, like I said, when it comes to the holiday ones, I'm fully aware I wasn't alive then. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I'm going with the different information that I pick up and trying to understand what I'm reading. Me either. And I, I like to go with the, uh, the anthropology-based versions of it. Mm-hmm. And that way I can get more of a people who've been digging into the different ways that things were actually found and what they can receive from that, not so much the modern take on things. Quick brief aside into the uh, the realm of the uh, the Celtic Ohm. You know, uh-huh. the way it's written now and depicted now and used now is completely different than the way it was in back... It's not really used much now at all. Well, it... Is in some ways. It is in some, yes. But the way it was used back then, it's <coughs> only ever been found on the corners of monolithic structures. And monolithic might be the uh, an accurate word, but pillar-like structures and these tick marks, which would represent the different letters, would be on the corner. So you've got your, your corner here, right? And it would, the tick mark would go from one side around the corner, and it would be on the sides of these uh, columns. And that's where they got the OM from. It was never used in any other way of writing other than on the sides of these columns. Nowadays, we, you know, it was a form of writing, but we depict it in a completely different way. So I liked, you know, going back and finding the as far back of the information from the anthropology uh, anthropological studies that I can that way I can give the most accurate information from those times as we currently have available to us not so much the okay we've seen this now let's how, how can we use this in our modern day lives because the modern day uses are important and interesting but in order it doesn't to, get to the heart the way it used to. Right. In order to appreciate something, you also got to know the path that it has taken to get to where it is today. And I agree with you. However, and I'm not saying that our listeners all are not like that, but there are a lot of people out there who aren't going to go that deep. Oh, I completely get. I, when it comes to stuff like this, I'm an anal retentive ass. That's will, what I love about you. <laughs> again, he'll hit me doing the hard research for you. That way you don't have to. You don't want to spend the time that I do in some of this stuff because, let's face it, it's fucking boring from time to time. <laughs> but I do it as a labor of love for you, my listeners. But you'd also do it because it would drive you batshit crazy if you could not get to the bottom of it because that's who you are. Well, we all know this about me. Exactly. So it's a little bit of both. But I could do it for myself <laughs> and not share it with the listener. <laughs> well, but because saying... I love our listeners, <laughs> I share it with them. Otherwise, I could just sit back and, you know, let whatever information is pulled off some of their half-assed website be spouted off and say, yep, that's right. No, and I, I, I'm thankful that you are who you are, and I appreciate that you do what you do because you know damn well I'm not going to dig deep enough. <laughs> and I, and it's not that I don't care. It's to be honest, the ritual situations, the ritual holidays, are not my biggest cup of tea when it comes to my shamanic, my spiritual path. Me either. 
But for some people, it really is. Yet, they don't. There are people who are very much like you. And if they're going to get into it, they want to get into it. And they want to completely understand and know Mm -hmm. every factor of it. And then there are those, and I hate to put it that way, that are a little bit more of posers in it. They want to come into the idea, you know, they want to come into the idea. They're they're embracing it, but yet they don't really want to go deep enough to truly embrace it. Some people need that. Some people don't. You know, I, I don't look at them any different. You know, as a, you know, I don't judge down on them because of it. It's just, you know, real quick story. Me and this guy, who I really didn't know, went with another friend of mine down to New Orleans because I was uh, – Involved in the 98, uh, no, I'm sorry, the 96 Junior Olympics. And me and this cat barely knew each other. Two completely different backgrounds, two completely different personalities. I go down there. I'm I'm in New Orleans. I'm 18 years old. I'm about to have myself a field day, yo. (laughs) I'm like, I want to explore the culture. Let me see the uh, the French Quarter. Let me see the graveyards. Let me see Bourbon Street. Let me see all this. You know, all all the food. I'm not eating any place I cannot eat anywhere else it's got to be local to this area and this cat's like you know i figured while we were down here when you weren't swimming we'd like hit up a burger king and maybe go bowling (laughs) are you kidding me what what and it bothered me for the first couple of days and i was so pissed off 18 years old until my my other friend who was uh significantly older was like Dude, that's just who he is. You know, he's got a different outlook on life than you do. Uh-huh. And it was just, it was one of those teaching moments for me. It's like, I may never understand it, but I can't fault him for it. No, I get it. I mean, I've heard this story. So I know, I understand. When I, I guess what I'm saying is, is for some people, they really need to understand everything, just like you were saying. Mm-hmm. And for some people, and I shouldn't call you a poser, but what I'm saying is, is, Maybe as you're starting to get on your path, you're not getting as deep, but it's getting you on your path. And it's allowing you to start to experience, try. And then as you get deeper, you go after what is important to you. Yeah. Some people are ready to visit the graveyards. Some just want to go to McDonald's. Yeah, exactly. I mean, some are going to... Or Burger King, I'm sorry. Exactly. (laughs) So it really depends on how, you know, on where you are on your spiritual path. Like I said... It's not that I mean any disrespect, but as far as the holidays and what has been passed down as the idea of rituals, I do pass that off on Hill Hippie a lot because personally, that's not my big situation. I mean, I understand the idea behind it, but in today's society, I'm not dealing with the corn. You know what I'm saying? Like for right now, for llamas, I'm not dealing with the harvest I'm not actually growing it. So okay. it's not giving me the same idea that it would back in that day. Right. So I have to find rituals that work with me in this day and time that will still get me there. And the old ancient ones don't really work for me. I'm creating ones to do. So when I will admit, bad on me, but I'll admit when it comes to the holidays, I push them a little bit more off on him because he's going to look it up. That's just who he is. <laughs> Have you met Hell Heavy? <laughs> All right. With that being said, um, since we were talking about Lou. Lou. 
Okay, another name for him was John Barleycorn. Mm-hmm. And is the spirit of the living corn or the grain in general was the idea of the name. As the corn is cut, as the corn is cut, so John Barleycorn is cut down. Also, he surrenders his life so that others may be sustained by the grain so that the life of the community can continue. He is both eaten as the bread so it can oh wait I lost my place. He is eaten as the bread and and is reborn as the seeds returning to the earth. The first what is that? Sheaf. Sheaf, sheaf of corn. Sheaf. See, this is what I'm talking about. I don't do farming. (laughs) (laughs) Go. It is supremely important and produces the first and the best seeds of assurance to to future the harvest. Of future harvest. Of future harvest, death and rebirth. Everything dies in its season. Everything is reborn. This is our whisper of immortality and the wonderful bittersweetness of llamas. Interesting factoid. Do you know... uh... Corn itself was not brought, uh, was not introduced into Europe until Christopher Columbus brought it back from the Americas. See, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. That's interesting, though, because so therefore, uh, pre-Christian uh, Lunasa festivals would not have been so corn-based as they would have been uh, barley, wheat, and uh, rye and other types of grains where the corn once brought back by Columbus, that's when that would have been brought, uh, that would have been incorporated into the, uh, the festival of Alamos. Hmm. That's like, like I, it's very interesting, but I mean, I mean, cause when you follow it around, what I'm trying to get at is when you follow it around, it doesn't really matter what, I mean, unless they didn't have that kind of harvest, I mean, I, what I'm saying is, is it doesn't matter what religion you were. They were still having the same celebrations. They were having mm-hmm. similar celebrations, a similar being thankful and giving gratitude, you know, for the same things. It's just they were doing it in different ways throughout the world, unless, you know, they didn't have that same kind of food grow. Right. It is, it's very much, a again, a grain-based harvest because your grains come across uh, are ready sooner because you tend to plant them early, a uh, slightly bit earlier. Um, <clears throat> interesting for, uh, point with corn itself, though. You know, the corn that we eat, like the corn on the cob that everyone loves, <laughs> is ready about this time. Mm-hmm. Now, your seed corn is not going to be ready for another month or two. Right. So it's, you know, just another one of those interesting factoids. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying is is it's, I, I just see that that's me. I, I always find it funny how everybody will fight over the religion and the situation, but overall, it's all the same story. It's all about the growth. Yeah, it, I mean, it's all about the re- the, cycle, re- the cycling of life, mm-hmm. more or less, and being thankful for it. 
It's like I said, though, for me personally, I have to connect it with things that are more of today's society so I can actually find sacredness in it. I can find, I can find, you know, sacred energy in it. I can be thankful for it because trying to grow stuff versus, which I don't anymore, versus just going to the store and getting it, it is a whole different kind of personality. Right. So what you're saying is when I'm celebrating, oh, the morels are starting to pop. It's time to get out into the woods and uh, see what I can harvest. You're celebrating, oh, the first of the strawberries with cream are in the uh, candy stores. Let's go get me some strawberries no, and cream. No, not necessarily <laughs> like that. But what I'm saying, things that connect with me directly. I mean, so, what you know, you you have your things that are awesome for you, like you said, with morels. Mm -hmm. I mean, and there's different things that, you know, for me in my own life that I have to connect with how it, how I find it sacred to me. And it's not necessarily like a Starbucks, but, but what I'm saying is things that, you know, are in my life in today because I don't do the way the ancients did it. So, uh <clears throat> what is a food? Because let's face it, uh, the three harvest festivals are all food-based festivals. You know, there is a bit of abundance as well as preparing for the winter and storing, but they are food-based festivals. Mm -hmm. What is a food at this time in your modern take of this that is something that you associate with this type of year because it's becomes readily available. It's something you typically only get this type of year. Okay. See, that's exactly what I'm talking about. I don't necessarily, uh, uh, I don't necessarily put it with food. I have to do things that work for me. Okay. So it has to do with things in my life that teach me lessons. And when they teach me lessons, then I learn how to incorporate it into a sacred act for me. I can't even explain it. It's things about things about my life which will teach me to have the same respect of what these holidays are teaching, but for my own personal life in my own personal way. Er? My system's shutting down. <laughs> I just said that everything computer was I have issues with. <laughs> okay, listeners, very obscure movie quote, but those of you who uh, have seen the movie will know it. <gasps> My dominoes just went down. I suck. What movie? No, I'm not giving the listeners the answer. <laughs> if you know the answer, he'll uh, email me at hillhippie, H I L L H I P P I E at fxbgpr.com. Is he laughing if, over there? No, he's confused as well. But he's going to smack himself if he doesn't come up with it. Because he, he's heard it before. Uh, and if you get the uh, the question right, you will get a on-air shout-out next week saying uh, with whatever name or username you want to, uh, me to use saying that you got the quote correct. <laughs> okay. For me, though, personally, it would be more like the seasons, but what the seasons bring. The seasons bring to me, you know, like fall is speaking to me of death is coming. Okay. Uh, and, but and what is... things outside of food. What is this point of time right now? What would uh, Lunasa or Lamas represent to you this time of year right now? For me right now, this is summer's getting ready to come to an end. So I start looking towards the horn god. Okay. I start looking towards the horn god as in a way of dealing with my shadow self. Mm. 
See, I don't necessarily follow the rituals of the things that are seen that way. But for me, this is when this energy starts to shift and go, we're about to go inward. See, for me, even before I started upon a spiritual path, this was the time of the year when, when I was, especially when I was living out in the flatlands where corn grew abundantly and the local farmers would have fresh corn being plucked from their field that you could buy that what was plucked that morning you could buy that day like the peaches and cream type of uh or strain of corn or the serendipity oh, <laughs> oh you've never had you've never had corn until you've had serendipity <laughs> straight from the field i mean it, that stuff was so good and and so sweet and so corny at the same time that you could eat it raw corny. off the cob it was oh my god and it was one of those things that it was just that this time of year you could get that you know you can go three months from now and get corn and cob or six months from now or three months ago and get corn from the cob uh, corn on the cob at uh, any grocery store yeah it's good it's edible but it's not the same stuff straight from the field and it's it's one of those this time of year treats you know and that's one of the things i really appreciate about the uh the harvest festivals you should be muted uh the harvest festivals <laughs> like this because they represent these different foods and you know depending on what region of the country or the world that you live in you're going to have the different treats that are uh -huh. grow and represent these different times of the year but you know it's just those moments it makes that point of the year special okay all right i see where you're going see for me this time of the year is is about the horn god is about to come back it's about time for me to go inward and for me i get more into my gothic personality at this point i start moving I'm about to start going into that darker side of myself because I know that. So this time when I know like this harvest is coming for me, it's not about being thankful for the grain and what's being given to me. It's about experience life to the fullest at this point because you're about to take a new healing. You're about to go inward and a piece of you is going to die for a rebirthing. So it's it's like let your inner child out and let your inner child experience what it hasn't. It's like it's it's like take it out of the cage for me. Let it have the serendipity corn. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> for me. Like you said, but that's just me. I mean, I look at my situations different because and I mean, I and I think for each and every one of us, whatever it is that gets you there to where you're you can experience it and you can be honest with it you can be soulful with it and and it helps you to you know be thankful and have gratitude towards your life whatever it is that's working in that cycle of whatever it is that works for you go with that just because the ancients did it one way doesn't mean that that's the way you should do it because like i said we don't do things the same way now yeah they didn't have serendipity corn back then <laughs> those poor bastards all right anyway all right <laughs> the grain mother um <clears throat> At Lammas, the goddess is the goddess is in her aspect of the grain mother, the harvest mother, the harvest queen, earth mother, Cirrus. Is that Cirrus? Because I never know how I'm pronouncing that. Uh, 
Ceres, Ceres, yeah, either one will work. Okay, well, it's one of my planets in astrology, and I've always been wondering if I'm pronouncing it right. Okay, and Demeter. Demeter or Demeter? Uh, De uh, Demeter is the way I pronounce it. Uh, Demeter is another one. I like Demeter. Okay. Um, are all are known as corn mother, and it represents the white ripe corn of the year, the harvest of her daughter. And then it's going into the same idea of the story that you were telling earlier about Persephone. Mm -hmm. Then let me see what else we have here. <laughs> customs of cutting the grain. There are many customs, therefore, Europe throughout. Sorry, there are many customs throughout Europe around the cutting of the grain or the corn. And they are applied to all cereal crop crops including wheat, barley, rye, and oats. I was just waiting to see if he was going to have something to say about that. Nope, you're good. Both the cutting of the first grains <coughs> and the last grains are of significance. The first, what was this again? Sheaf. Sheaf would often be ceremonially cut down. At dawn. Yeah, I'm sorry. Cut down at dawn. Um... Winnowed. 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 What does that mean? I'm actually not sure. Hmm. Ground. Give me a second. I'll give you the answer. Ground and baked in the harvest bread, which was then shed to the, spread to the community for thanks. The first barley stocks would be made into the first beer of the season. The first chef guarantees the seeds of the community hmm. was it no no that's not community. continuity continuity were you ready yeah uh winnow uh blow a current of air through grain in order to remove the chaff what a it's a to blow a current of air through a grain in order to remove the chaff or let the wind blow through it it removes the it's a removing of the dust Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. It's just the way they use the word that I'd never heard of before. <laughs> okay. The, and we all learned something today. Yay. We learned something that I will forget in five minutes and then they'll <laughs> yell at me. <laughs> nah. Not for that one. <laughs> all right. The last shaft was also... Did I say it wrong? Sheaf? Sheaf. 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 The last sheaf was also, I heard the bear in him come out. <laughs> Ceremonially cut, often made into corn dolls, carried, carried to the village with festivity and with central and harvest supper. Was central to but, the harvest supper. See, I told you I can't talk. No, I think that's more having to do with reed. Well, I'm dyslexic too, so I have a blame for everything. <laughs> the, okay. Um, it's called answers. She has an answer for everything. And that's why we love her. Yeah, because I can just keep coming up with them. I really <laughs> right off the cuff. <laughs> just give me a minute. <laughs> All right. Um, the corn dolls, the corn dolls were made into corn maidens after the good harvest. And what is that? Kalich? Or a Kalich? A Kalich. Kalich. Hag or corn after the bad harvest. 
What's the difference? Do you know what that is? It's another word for hag. It's the old uh, Gaelic word for okay. it. So more or less, they were made into maidens and beautiful or bad, right? Would have been the idea there. Well, you maidens, they made them for maidens if they're if it was a good harvest into the hag, if it was a bad harvest, a harvest, which, you know, I guess was showing signs of who was uh, more predominant in the growing season. Yeah, no, he's trying to look up because I'm asking him to, um, but they would be dressed with ribbons and even with clothes. The last chef, chef, Chief. Chief. Good Lord. The last chief would would live in the home, often above the fireplace. Yeah, I was right. Or hearth. A divine hag. Okay. I, well, I was just ver- I was verifying, considering it was supposed to be a good harvest or a bad harvest. I was be- wondering. That's if what I was doing was when I said it was a hag. I'm like, I think that's right. I just want to double check. Right. I wasn't sure if it was considering still to be a good omen or a bad omen. So I agree. I was like, yeah, look that up. Um, okay. But they were said to be kept above the fire kept above the fireplace or the hearth of the home until the next harvest. Or it might be placed in the branches, okay, in the branches of the trees for the next growing year, more or less. Let me get into some other things. You have Herbs were also considered to go with llamas was meadowsweet, mint, sunflowers. Colors were green, gold, yellow. And then you would decorate your altar typically with grains, corn, bread, sunflowers, and marigolds. And is there anything else you have to say about this? We could also use the ribbons. Ribbons were used for the uh, dolls. Uh, here you go. Symbols of the season. Just read them down because it's too far away. My eyes. I blew that up to 150%. Huh. Uh, sickles and scythes, as well as other symbols of the harvesting season. Uh, grapes and vines. Dried grains, such uh, such as sheaves of wheat, bowls of oats, etc. Corn dolls, which you can easily make using the husks. Uh, Early fall vegetables such as squash and pumpkins to represent the harvest as well as abundance. Uh, Late summer fruits such as apples, plums, and peaches to celebrate the end of the summer harvest as we transition into the fall. Very nice. I know a lot of people like to use them on their altars. All all things that would deal with it. And more food. Food, food, more food. Just give me the bread. I can... (laughs) (laughs) Give me that yummy gluten. The bread and maybe some beer and I'd be a little happy. <laughs> Give me that yummy gluten. <laughs> All right. Uh, solar conditions. <clears throat> uh, there is nothing on solar ham right now. Uh, solar wind speed is uh, based on spaceweather.com. Solar wind speed is at, currently at 410.9 kilometers per second with a density of 0.6 protons per cubic centimeter. Uh, X-ray solar flares, uh, six-hour max A7 uh, at 1931 UT on July 23rd, 24-hour uh, A7 at 1214 UTC at July 23rd. Basically, not much at all. Uh, solar minimum conditions are in effect. The sun has been blank, no sunspots for 54 of the past 60 days. 
This is a sign that solar minimum is underway. During the phase of the solar cycle, sunspots and solar flares are rare, but we will get plenty of holes in the sun's atmosphere and lots of extra cosmic rays. Solar minimum conditions are expected to continue, mostly interrupted, for the remainder of 2019. Like I said, we're on the tail end of it. 20, uh, once we get into the 2020s is when the uh, solar maximum is due to hit back up, and we will get more information in, at that point. So from then on, we will now move into your astrology. <laughs> All right. Um, as I get into this week, you have uh, pretty much, I, I wrote it down this week for the 22nd through the 29th. But before I get into all the different notes that I wrote down, I noticed after I wrote them all down, there is something important coming up that you may want to pay attention to as well. You have Mercury, which is going to be coming to its end on the 31st. So we're almost at the end of Mercury as it the being in of retrograde. Okay. The end of Mercury's retrograde. You're saying Mercury's going away? What the fuck? <laughs> Mercury <laughs> is almost at the end of its retrograde, and this is pretty much what most people are talking about when they think of the retrogrades. The reason I brought that up is because Jupiter on the 11th of August is going to be going direct. It's been in retrograde. Now, on these bigger planets, I always tell everybody when they're about to shift directions. They go into like a shadow period. Technically, Jupiter will not be going into retrograde. I mean, into di its direct, direct. Wow, my mouth will not work today. It's direct motion. It's direct position until August 11th. However, while it's starting to slow down to shift, it is going back through going, what did you not get when I was trying to talk to you? Because I'm about to switch directions. So. In that universal ninth house, Jupiter is trying to illuminate your higher self. Jupiter is trying to get in touch with you about where you're not getting in touch with yourself. Where you're not paying yourself the proper respect. And where you're not allowing yourself the authority to get to know your true authenticity, more or less, so that you can get to know your higher self. So it's pointing out things that have been keeping you from getting to know yourself or get into that depth position so that you can start to be on a higher higher evolution within your very soul consciousness. But this is why I'm bringing it up to you. It only has a little bit of time left before it actually makes that direction back to a positive, back, not a positive, back to the direct motion. So as it's starting to slow down right now, you might be getting that like smack upside the head like the memo yo this whole time i've been in retrograde you haven't heard me yet i only have this much time to get it through your thick head don't do that why eclipse oh, okay um i didn't know that <laughs> oh there's a video from shock monkey radio where uh madman's doing that and it then i forcefully cut to a picture of just of myself sitting here cursing at him as i'm at sitting oh, where right. ek's at saying that too the other day but um yeah. Don't do that to EK because I know how much it sucks. <laughs> I'm sorry. But what I'm saying is, is it's like where you might get that smack upside the head going, hey, you haven't been listening to the memo and I only have this much time to get it through your thick head. So this is where those darker aspects may be starting to pop up. And it's important for you, if you notice them, to listen to them at this time so that when it goes direct, you're not missing out on being able 
to step into that power again because this is taking it from inward communication to outward communication. With that being said, the exact opposite thing is happening with Uranus. Uranus is your independence, your individuality, your uniqueness, your freedom. And Taurus is your self-worth, your self-value, your self-esteem. It is about to go retrograde on the very same day of the 11th. So it at this time is definitely already starting to go, hey, if there's something that you're not outwardly doing right within your independence, your individuality, your uniqueness, your freedom, your self-worth, your self-value, self-esteem, it's going to start making you really notice where you're not loving yourself right and you're not teaching others how they should be loving you right. So those things should be coming up and smacking you in the head right now too. So once it gets in retrograde, it can teach you how to deepen within how to do it properly instead of have to smack you down because you haven't been doing it properly. So that's a good piece of information for you to understand as you are finishing up this month and going into the next month. For the rest of the situation this week, you have on the 22nd, which was what, two days ago, yesterday? The 22nd? Yesterday. Yeah. I'm sorry. I've been sleeping pretty much for two days. So on the 22nd, you had Leo that moved, you had Leo move you have the sun move into Leo. On the 27th, you will have Venus move into Leo. It will be there with Mars and with Eura, as well as the cold cub, and it's one of the guardians of the pole. Your guardians of the pole in both Gemini and in Leo right now are definitely illuminating. They come, both of them, with the energy of Saturn, Venus, and the sun, all in one of those guardians. But in Leo right now, Leo is going into overdrive, its energy is. It has Jura there, or Jura. It has Mars. It has now triple the illumination of the sun. It has double the illumination, I mean, triple the illumination of both the sun and Venus. And it's also bringing an energy of... um. Saturn into it. So we're talking about rules, walls, boundaries, limitations, ego, shine, illumination, core, sensitivity for the good, for the bad, your smell, your touch, your uh, anything that is technically one of your senses. It's also speaking to you about sacrifice and commitment along with your sexuality, your rules, your, I mean, your sexuality, your passion, your action, your aggression, and your inner warrior. All of this energy is combining inside of Leo. Leo is universally that fifth house and it's speaking to you about what do you find pleasure in? What do you find pleasure in? Are you happy? Why aren't you happy? If you are happy, what helps you find how to create that happiness? This is about the creativity that explores your enjoyment of life. And are you giving yourself the proper ability and time to enjoy and create that enjoyment in your life? Because if you're not, it's going to be fighting you. And I am being told that that we'll be dealing with in some people, you know, making you feel pressure within the head and the heart, the throat, the third eye and the crown chakra because you'll be in overdrive because of that energy. 
if you're not happy in life because you're too busy satisfying everybody else and you can't get to the things you wish to enjoy, this is where this pressure is going to start to come in and really push down on you. And there's a reason for that because this is going to be where the energies also are taking place with the Lion's Gate coming up in like another week or two or in another week and a half, I think it is. Now you also have when you have the sun moving into Leo and Venus moving into Leo, that's leaving Cancer alone with Mercury there in retrograde, the Sirius star and the North Node. The North Node is all about what you've got to learn to get right in order to move forward. It is the universal fourth house. It's speaking to you of your inner emotional security. It's speaking to you of getting to the roots of who and what you are. It's speaking to you of your karmic debts to yourself because you haven't been loving yourself right. You haven't been paying yourself the proper respect and love, and you haven't been teaching others how to do it. So therefore you may be having issues with finding your inner emotional security, which is bouncing off of that fifth house. And are you finding pleasure in life? Because if you are not enjoying life, then you're not going to find inner emotional security. This is speaking with that North star about, are you finding it or not? And why and why not? What's standing in the way and why? As long as, as well as with that serious star coming in, because these two are going to come right on top of each other. And this is going to be talking to you about the serious star tends to carry the energy of what we call God's consciousness. It's what we call Thor's hammer. It's what we call the illuminated teacher speaking about that North Node, about how to get right with self, about how to find that inner emotional security and what the true roots of self is. So everything about this next month is coming into getting more authentic, getting more right with self, getting more of who and what you are and experiencing joy. And if you're not experiencing joy because you're letting other situations push you around and keeping you from doing what you truly aim and wish to desire to do, then the universe is going to push back on you and add pressure more or less at this point because it's about making you happy. If you can't be happy and find illumination within yourself and start to ascend and and, and enjoy life, then how are you ever going to get to where you're actually stepping into your purpose? This is what the energy is pushing at. You're having Mercury and Cancer, which is going to be definitely nesting within its communication with you about what you are not doing that's right for yourself until it goes direct on the 31st and it'll still be in Cancer up until the 11th. Like I said, so you're still going to have all of this time with this energy communicating with you. And straight across is Saturn, Pluto, and that south node in Capricorn speaking about where the outer world is pushing you around and where you've gotten good at allowing yourself to believe that it has the right to push you around. More or less, where you've gotten good at going, well, it's not that big of a deal. I'll do this and I'll do that and I'll do this. And before you know it, that outer world has kept you from enjoying the things you truly desire because you've had to put things that are important to you back on the shelf. And it's about saying we're not letting that stuff happen anymore. We're not going to let this stuff be put on the shelf. If anything, your situations will be put on the shelf and making that change. I've been being told for years that this energy is very much... Uh, um, like a medieval time energy, like the Middle Ages, that we're learning how to come through them. And the reason we don't understand it to be that is because we're living in it.
So therefore, we don't see that we're walking through that in our own time right now. You have the uh, bull, like I said, which is going to be going into its, um, the bull is, is, is Uranus um, in that universal second house of Taurus, which like I said, is speaking to you about all of your independence, your individuality, your uniqueness, your self-worth, your self-value, your self-esteem of where you may not be allowing it to be treating you right. But if you go back to Aries, Aries is straight across the sky from Libra and Halmea. Aries has Chiron in it. Chiron is the wounded healer, stepping backwards, walking back into the beginning of Aries, going, where did I start these cycles? Maybe not quite right, because the wounded healer is evaluating where things are not getting healed. And straight across the sky from him is in opposition of those relationships of the very collective consciousness of realizing where those relationships are good or bad for you, where they are supporting you or not, and where you've kept the same mundane bad patterns that haven't helped you move forward because you're still doing the same old shit you always have within those relationships. These are in opposition because the wounded healer is not being able to get through to the... The wounded healer is not being able to get through to you because the collective consciousness is not wanting to hear it, which is bounces you right back to the universal 12th house. And it's making you keep your skeletons in the closet, keep your secrets hidden in the closet, which is dealing with grief, sorrow, and regret. So the point is, I've been telling everybody for the next month, get out of your comfort zone. It's really going to come down to that. If you're getting out of your comfort zone, then you're moving forward. Otherwise, you're working against yourself. You also have the moon that is going to be traveling through Cancer on the 29th and the 31st this this month, at the end of this month, which is going to be coming to when that Mercury and all this, this energy is coming to its end for Mercury's retrograde, which is going to definitely bring in a brand new nesting energy for who you are about yourself and nurturing where that universal fourth house needs to be taking you. It's time to intuitively listen to your soul because it will lead you in the right direction. Don't listen to your head. This is one of those times where it needs head and soul need to collide and work together instead of one over the other. The soul will send you in the right direction. But with that being said, I think we're done for the day, aren't we? We are. Much love to everybody. And well, well, I hope you tune in next week. Bye. <laughs> May all your journeys be safe ones. Come now, my darling. And step back in time with me for a spell. Back to when the wild things, they were not for sale. And what was sacred had not yet been forgotten.